0: Good morning Year 6, it's Miss Begum. We're going to do our guided reading lesson now. So we're on chapter 18, page 155. We're going to do it like normal, so I'll read the first page, then I'll get you to press pause and then you'll read the next page. Okay, so let's begin. Chapter 18. The boy lay, trembling a little, beneath the bedcloths. The screwdriver was under his mattress. He had heard the alarm clock. He had heard Mrs Driver exclaim on the stairs, and he had run. The candle on the table besides his bed still smelt a little, and the wax must still be warm. He lay there waiting, but they did not come upstairs. After hours, it seemed, he heard the hall clock strike one. All seemed quiet below, and at last he slipped out of bed and crept along the passage to the head of the stairway. There he sat for a while, shivering a little, and gazing downwards into the darkened hall. There was no sound, but the steady tick of the clock, and occasionally that shuffle or whisper, which might be wind, but which, as he knew, was the sound of the house itself, the sigh of the tired floors, and the ache of the knotted wood. Okay, if you pause me now and read page 156, and then I'll read page 157. I came my turn. The boy stared, blinking his eyelids and tilting the candle so that the grease ran hot on his hand. Then he got up from his knees, and crossing the kitchen on tiptoe, he closed the scullery door. He came back to the hole, and leaning down, he called softly, "Arietti, Arietti." After a while, he called again. Something else fell hot on his hand. It was a tear from his eye. Angrily, he brushed it away, and leaning further into the hole he called once more. "'Pod?' he whispered. Homily. They appeared so quietly that at first, in the waving light of the candle, he did not see them. Silently they stood, looking up at him with scared white faces from what had been the passage outside the storerooms. "'Where have you been?' asked the boy. Pod cleared his throat. "'Up at the end of the passage, under the clock.' "'I've got to get you out,' said the boy.' Where to? asked Pod. I don't know. What about that tick? That ain't no good, said Pod. I heard them talking. They're going to get the police and a cat and the sanitary inspector and the rat catcher and the town hall in Leighton Buzzard. Okay, if you put me on pause and read page 158. Okay, here I go. There ain't no buts, said Pod. He drew a long breath. We got to emigrate, he said. Oh, moaned Homily softly, and Arietta began to cry. Now don't take on, said Pod in a tired voice. Arietta had covered her face with her hands, and her tears ran through her fingers. The boy watching saw them glisten in the candlelight. I'm not taking on, she gasped. I'm so happy. Happy? You mean, said the boy to Pod. With one eye on Arietti. You'll go to the Badger's set. He too felt mounting excitement. Where else? said Pod. Oh, my goodness gracious, moaned Homily, and sat down on the broken matchbox chest of drawers. But you've got to go somewhere tonight, said the boy. You've got to go somewhere before tomorrow morning. Oh, my goodness gracious, moaned Homily again. He's right at that, said Pod. Can't cross them fields in the dark. Bad enough getting across them in daylight. Oh, it's getting a bit tricky for the borrowers now. Feeling a bit scared for them. Okay, if you put me on pause and read page 160. Back to me. Now, Homily, said Pod, don't be foolish. Loopy was always a good manager. But Loopy isn't there, said Homily. Berries? Do they eat berries? How do they cook? Out of doors? Now, Homily, said Pod, we'll see all that when we get there. I couldn't light a fire of sticks, said Homily. Not in the wind. What if it rains? she asked. How do they cook in the rain? Now, Homily, began Pod, he was beginning to lose patience, but Homily rushed on. Could you get a couple of tins of sardines to take, she asked the boy, and some salt, and some candles, and matches, and could you bring us the carpets from the doll's house? Yes, said the boy. I could, of course I could, anything you want. All right, said Homily. She still looked wild, partly because some of her hair had rolled out of the curlers, but she seemed appeased. How are you going to get us upstairs? Up to the schoolroom. The boy looked down at his pocketless nightshirt. I'll carry you, he said. How? asked Homily. In your hands? Okay, if you pause me now and read page 162. Okay, my turn. Put us down, said Pod in his patient way. Just for a moment. That's right, on the floor. And as once again the bag was placed beside the hole, they all ran out. Look here, said the boy unhappily to Hamalee, you've got to try. She'll try all right, said Pod, give her a breather and take it slower if you see what I mean. All right, agreed the boy, but there isn't much time, come on, he said nervously, hop in. Listen, cried Pod sharply and froze. The boy, looking down, saw their three upturned faces catching the light, like pebbles, they looked, still and stony against the darkness within the hole. And then, in a flash, they were gone. The boards were empty and the hole was bare. He leaned into it. Pod, he called in a frantic whisper. Homily, come back. And then he too became frozen, stooped and rigid above the hole. The scullery door squeaked o- creaked open behind him. It was Mrs Driver. She stood there silent, this time in her nightdress. Turning, the boy stared up at her. Hello, he said uncertainly after a moment. She did not smile, but something lightened in her eyes. A malicious gleam, a look of triumph. Okay, if you pause me and read page 164. My turn again, I'll finish the chapter off. Now you're in league with them. She came across to him, taking him by the upper arm. She jerked him to his feet. You know what they do with thieves, she asked. No, he said, they lock them up. "'That's what they do with thieves, and that's what's going to happen to you.' "'I'm not a thief,' cried the boy, his lips trembling. "'I'm a borrower.' "'A what?' She swung him around by tightening the grip on his arm. "'A borrower,' he repeated. There were tears on his eyelids. He hoped they would not fall. "'So that's what you call it,' she exclaimed, "'as he himself had done, so long ago it seemed now, "'that day with Arietti. "'That's their name,' he said.' "'The kind of people they are. They're borrowers.' "'Borrowers, eh?' repeated Mrs Driver, wonderingly. She laughed. Well, they've done all the borrowing they're going to do in this house,' she began to drag him towards the door. The tears spilled over his eyelids and ran down his cheeks. "'Don't hurt them,' he begged. "'I'll move them. I promise. I know how.' Mrs Driver laughed again and pushed him roughly through the green baize door. "'They'll be moved all right,' she said. "'Don't worry.' The rat-catcher will know how. Cranful's old cat will know how. So will the sanitary inspector. And the fire brigade, if need be. The police will know how, I shouldn't wonder. No need to worry about moving them. Once we've found the nest, she went on, dropping her voice to a vicious whisper as they passed Aunt Sophie's room. The rest is easy. She pushed him into the schoolroom and locked the door, and he heard the boards of the passage creep beneath her tread as satisfied she moved away he crept into the bed then because he was cold and cried his heart out under the blankets oh that's the end of the paragraph how are we all feeling do we feel a bit scared for the borrowers do you think they'll make it or do you think mrs driver will catch them and then they i don't know what do you think she'll do to them okay um all right that's us done for today don't forget to do your guided reading task. Um, Don't forget to listen to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Have a good day, year six. Bye.